having a different perspective on life and taking taking your life to the next level, like doing the things that you want to do every day, not just living passively from the sidelines and and watching your life go by and, you know, sort of being one of the sheep that gets stuck up with the, with the rest of the crowd. You want to stand out or you want to actually participate. You want to be part of the game and make things happen. And there's really only, only one way to do that. It's by having the self-belief in yourself that you can do that. And so you start taking chances in your life. You start doing crazy things. You start stepping out of your comfort zone, which, which has been comfortable for you for many years, but hasn't really led to anything aside from mediocrity. You don't want mediocrity in your life. You want greatness. You want to be great. You want to do great things. You want to have a great life and have great things in your life. And to do those things, you really have to have what I call an elite mind. It's not an elitism mind, but an elite mind of, of having the best mind, the best possible mind to go out and take on things that life has to offer and, and do things that you really want to do. And of course, obviously getting over, which is like the first part, which is getting over that crap, like the anxieties and depressions and struggles of life but then once you get over that stuff you can get over it for the rest of your life and you kind of equip with that like like weapon the the ability to overcome anything that comes your way that's fellow bostonian and elite man justin stenstrom and i'm brian falchuk the do a day podcast where you hear from the most inspiring people who have been through hard times overcome them and have turned around to help others with what they've learned I'm your host, Brian Falchuk. I know because I've lived it myself. I've written about it in my book, Do a Day, and that's why I'm bringing you this show. Remember, today's a new day. Go out and do it. Hey, day doers. Welcome back for another episode of the Do a Day podcast, where I bring you really amazing and inspiring people to share their story with you every week. And this week is no different. I have Justin Stenstrom on the show. Justin is the host of the Elite Man podcast, the creator of the Elite Man magazine, a website that has amazing guidance and articles for how you can be a better man, a stronger man, a more successful man actually doing the things you want to do. So I'm sure you can figure out why there's a nice connection with this show and why he would be on. Justin's actually had me on his show a couple of times. It was just on in February 2020, talking about 50, 75, 100. And back to back recording that episode, we jumped right into recording this one, which is really cool. I've never done that before. Yes, it made for a much longer evening, but it also meant we were really flowing and in the thick of things, which is awesome. We came together to bring him on this show because Justin has brought out a project he's been working on for a really long time, and it's tied to his life experience that he talks about in this show, and it's called Elite Mind. It's a, a book called Elite Mind, A Real-World Guide to Overcoming Anxiety, Conquering Depression, and Unleashing Your Inner Confidence. Awesome title. Justin is someone who's all about helping men be elite. And what does that mean? Well, it means achieving what you are really capable of, what you really want in life, having a lot of success, and having that come from a place of confidence. And you can look at that on the surface and be like, oh, he's all about like guys and being tough and swagger and like the look and getting girls. And well, like maybe, but actually, where it comes from is his own experience overcoming severe anxiety, panic attacks, and depression. And if you look at who Justin is today, and you watch the swagger, and yeah, he swears, and all that kind of stuff, and you're like, ah, you know, he doesn't understand what I'm going through, you might be surprised. And he's really open and honest. He shares this moment where he thought he was losing his mind, 
you know, having read his book, like he actually thought that he had schizophrenia. Um, you know, it's, it's a pretty real experience. This isn't just like, oh, you know, I had a bit of anxiety. It's real stuff that he struggled with for a long time. And he decided not to follow the pharmaceutical path, which means he explored a lot of other modalities and learned a ton. And I'm not sure you would think that just hearing the surface level kind of, you know, swagger that he comes with. And that's what, to me, makes him so interesting. So I'm excited to get into the story. Um, I think Justin brings a lot that, frankly, may appeal more to guys in their 20s and 30s. But I know a lot of guys in other age ranges who need to hear this, too. So this is an important episode because I think a lot of us face the kinds of things that he's facing. And we feel like we have to mask it and we have to hide it and we have to grin and bear it and keep it from people. And just, you know, like a duck, their feet underwater, just struggling. It doesn't have to be that way. And he got that firsthand. And that's actually how he unlocked the confidence, the capability, the achievement. So you got to hear this one with Justin Stenstrom. Justin Stenstrom, thanks for joining me, man. Brian, it's awesome to be on here, bro. I really appreciate it. This is a unique one for me because we just got finished recording an episode of your awesome show, The Elite Man Podcast, uh, and then flipping the mics right around, <laughs> jumping right back into it. I have not done that yet. So if anyone's listening, they're like, wow, they're either like already totally vibing or they sound really tired. One of the two is going to play <laughs> out. I will yeah. be okay. Um, I'm excited to have you on. You've had me on twice. I got a little like snippet of your story and we just never got around to bring you on this show. And I'm excited for this because we've got, we've got the, the overlapping anxiety backstory. And I don't think anyone who looks at what you're doing without digging into the content would assume any of what you've come through to get to where you're at. Um, so a huge respect for you, man. And I'm really excited to bring that story out. Yeah. Thanks, man. I really appreciate that. And, uh, you're right. I think a lot of people, not just me, but I think a lot of people that this, the thing is anxiety doesn't have a face. Depression doesn't have a face. You just kind of see people and assume, you know, what they present to you is how they really are. And, yeah. you know, whether they're facing it right now, whether they've overcome shit in their past many years ago, you can't really tell unless you really dig into that. So, yeah, I love sharing this story that I had. I dealt with this 10 years ago, but I love sharing it today because I know still probably more people than ever are dealing with anxiety and depression. And, you know, I did a number of things to get over that and I, I've helped a number of people already get over it. So, uh, you know, I, I kind of know what works with this. So yeah. it, it's something that needs to be told. No, that's awesome. Um, give us a real high level of like what, what it is you do today. Um, you know, with, with your, with your, uh, your brand and you get a new book out and all that. And then we'll, we'll pull into this backstory that I think people start to get why it, it may feel so like, how did he do that? Because it's it's pretty impressive how you've turned your life around in regards to anxiety and depression. Yeah, so right now I run a website with a podcast, obviously, that you've been on, Elite Man Podcast, run the website, which accompanies it, Elite Man Magazine. And then I have a nutrition company where I got a bunch of nutrition supplements, uh, natural vitamins, herbs, and minerals, things like that. Um, and I've been doing that now for probably... The supplement stuff is relatively new. It's like a couple of years, two, two and a half years old. But the other stuff, the podcast website, probably like six or seven years. Yeah. And, you know, we interview some of the top guys in the world, best-selling authors, um, even celebrities and like top life coaches, world-renowned life coaches and personal development experts. Just basically everyone across the board who has a good story to tell and can help you as the listener 
learn something new every time, whether that's trying to overcome problems like mental illness or get more confidence or, um, you know, even business advice, like we touch on that now. And there's just so many great things that we, we touch on, uh, and cover, but it wasn't like that. And I do, you know, speeches from time to time. I obviously just wrote the book. All this stuff that I've been doing in the past few years was something I could have never dreamed of doing 12 years ago, 11 years ago, when I really was in the thick of it all. I had, um, excuse me, anxiety 24 seven panic attacks, three to four times a week. I was depressed at one point to the point where I was suicidal. Uh, it was just really, really bad for like a couple, like two years or so of my life. And, you know, when I say suicidal, I mean, like I was constantly just thinking about ending it all, had no mm-hmm. dating life, had no social life, had no self-esteem, had no friends, all those things compounded to just really making me feel like, what's the point that there really is no point to any of this. And it was just constantly on my mind to just take my own life because there was nothing better to do. I ended up pulling myself out of that. Uh, it took a, a period of time, but I did a number of things. I did a ton of research just to figure it all out, did it, uh, a bunch of steps and then slowly pulled myself out of that. And then after that kind of started pushing the envelope on different aspects of my life to kind of, once I got past that, it was like, all right, this is incredible. Now I feel like a new man. I got to feel, I feel like I got to do more things and try and like experiment and explore new things in my life. And, um, that just led to me pushing all aspects of my life and then slowly becoming like a really confident person. Then after that, you know, finding, founding the website, the, the, uh, podcast, and then helping other people with those types of issues. All right. We do. We definitely have to roll back and dig into this. So with it, three to four times a week having panic attacks for someone who hasn't had a panic attack that is uh that's that's a that's a ton and that like i mean that'll stop your life in its tracks that's crazy that's uh, i don't want to use the word crazy that's definitely the wrong word to use here um (laughs) it is crazy though it's but it's oh my god yeah i mean i know people have had panic attack issues and i've never heard about that frequency of it that is a ton what yeah. what brought all this on? Like, were you like, were you a happy kid? Like, when what what was going on in your life when this hit? What do you think precipitated it? Yeah, so there's a number of things that kind of developed over time into doing it. But I'll tell you what, I was a very happy kid. I had a great childhood. I had a lot of friends growing up, like middle school and stuff. But then yeah. high school kind of came around, and I was like, I went from being like a popular kid in, in say, like a small pond to mm-hmm. then go into like an ocean of like a ton of kids. And I just kind of got lost in that ocean and lost a lot of friends and stuff like that. So that was really the start of it. And then things just kind of got worse as the years went on, like the pat- the next like year or two. Uh, and then like the third year, like say junior year of, of high school was the worst. I um, The thing that was really like the trigger to all my anxiety was one day I went to, uh, I was like starting to act up and just get in trouble and stuff. I skipped out of class and ended up smoking pot with a, a friend of mine who was kind of a friend, but I talk about in the book, he wasn't really like a, a true friend, but he was, yeah. you know, a friend at the time. I ended up getting high with the kid. And, uh, we had like this, we were smoking out of this like homemade bong or something. And, um, he ended up smoking like just a little bit and we smoked a little bit before. And then he ended up smoking a little bit of like the weed that we had. And I smoked like the whole thing, like trying to be like Mr. Cool and uh like show off to him as it turns out that weed was like laced with something there was something fucking uh, can we swear on the show by the way because i've already swore a couple times (laughs) i didn't used to and uh i gave up on that no no i gave up on it for (laughs) season three so we're in season four now so yeah do what you gotta do oh yeah new new year new season yeah yeah more swears (laughs) so 
I go and I, I'm trying. So you to were cool. drinking water with a friend. You had some juice. Yeah, and no, we'll clean this up. No. Yeah. Okay. All right, so you... <laughs> this isn't going to be a PG episode. Yeah. All right. So I'm smoking the thing, and I just smoke a ridiculous amount of this, and it ended up being laced with something. As I oh. did research later on, I can guess at it that I think it was some type of like PCP or yeah, something crazy say. like that. Yeah. Um. So I started hallucinating like crazy. Had it like an unbelievable bug out trip. I start seeing three in it, threes of everything. I see, I see threes of his head. I look in, and turn the doorknob to go up the stairs, and there's three doorknobs. And I'm walking up the stairs, and I like fall a bunch of times. I get to, you know, that scene in yeah. uh, The Wolf of Wall Street where he's like yeah. taking like an hour to like get, go up the stairs or whatever, to go down the stairs. That's kind of like what really happened to wow. me. I'm like completely just losing my mind. I finally get up the stairs. I go to uh, open the fridge and have some orange juice, and I go to like pour the orange juice out, and it's like. I pour the orange juice in a glass and it ends up like a couple of seconds later, I look at it and it's ketchup and there's like ketchup all over the place and it's like splattered. And I'm like, what the, I'm like looking around, like there's a murder scene in my kitchen, my mother's kitchen. She wasn't even home at the time. Um, but it was just a mess. And then I go to sit down and I'm literally having like an out of body experience. I come out of my body and see myself sitting on the couch. And I'm like, literally the scariest thing I've ever witnessed or experienced in my life was in that moment of like, what the hell just happened to me? Did I And you die? still like, remember? Like, I remember all of this, wow. all of it to a T. And I put it in the book, like just breaking that all down. But the point of the whole story is that this one experience, I was going through a lot of crap and I was like rebelling and doing a lot of stupid shit. But the whole this was the catalyst. Literally that, like I came out of the whole trip and, and survived this crazy experience, yeah. thankfully, because I actually knew people who, a couple of people, believe it or not, over my lifetime that smoked weed. It was it was probably something similar to this, laced with something, and they never came back from it. Their brains literally are gone now. Like they're there, they're, they're real, they're yeah, alive. but they're not there. But they're not the same. Yeah. They're completely different people. Yeah. So I'm just thankful I came back from it. I was lucky enough. And I never smoked weed again after that, by the way. But that whole trip that it did something to me in that moment and then the following days after it, I looking back at it now, it was a blessing in disguise, but it was also the worst thing that ever happened to me. I was depressed like you wouldn't believe after that trip. I had anxiety like every waking second I was looking around like paranoid, like am I going to fall back like, you know, and see myself again and like out of body and all this other stuff. I was getting panic attacks from it like, oh, my God, am I, you know, did I smoke myself crazy? Like what, what has gone on? So for mm. the next like few weeks, like constantly just total anxiety and wicked bad depression um and then that kind of built up and then it became suicidal after a few months oh. but that was really the catalyst to all the problems but it, it you know it was a number of things just kind of I, I mentioned in the book it was basically like setting up a fire you put the you put the um paper down you yeah. put the kindling down you put it was just all set up and then that literally like smoking the weed was like the the match that lit the whole thing aflame oh. and that was my depression and anxiety and, and sort of an analogy of where it came from and how it stemmed, just building up over time. And then yeah. a lot of bad decisions that led to that one really bad decision. But again, it ended up being a blessing in disguise because it, it forced me to go down this path and figure out a lot of areas in my life that I was, uh, I, w I was neglecting for a long time. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's one of these clear examples of the cliche, like you got to hit rock bottom before you can go back up. Yeah. And exactly. it, it sounds like that was your that was your forcing mechanism moment, although it wasn't like the next day it was all good. You had a serious struggle where you wanted to just end the struggle immediately. Um, wow. That's again, like I, I think I said to you before we flipped the recorder on, like I'm looking at your your photo right now and uh like I don't think anyone would imagine any of that. <laughs> you know, and looking at what you've created again, like it's, 
that's that's wild man um yeah i'm not i'm not gonna say i'm glad that happened but it sounds like you've learned to respect what it what it did for you um so in that sense yeah i get i get the gift and the curse or you know greatest and most terrible thing that's ever happened to you at the same time wow yeah yeah seriously so so you obviously did not take your own life you did start to pull out you said you were researching things like what what gave you the drive then to make the choice to get through this versus not and to start trying to find a path like were you seeking professional help like what what did you do to pull out of this that's a great question and actually as it turns out i was going to i was going to actually just i i sought professional help uh probably like a few days after that whole experience of uh-huh the the tripping out thing and the first thing i did the first thing i got prescribed was i I call him dr empathy this guy i I, uh the doctor i went to in the hospital because we didn't know what the hell was really happening yeah i mean realistic i had no idea at the time and my parents didn't know i ended up you know coming clean about the whole thing and telling the whole story which is horrible yeah but they brought me to the hospital and then i ended up seeing this doctor there and i called him dr empathy because empathy was the last thing this guy possessed he was just totally dismissive didn't really care didn't listen to what i was telling him and you know, the only thing he did was prescribe me prescription medication. I think it was like clonazepam, which is a very generic uh, and, and popular anti-anxiety medication. And he basically said, you know, take this and go to the pharmacy, get this field, take whatever. I forget how many, two or three a day and, yeah. uh, you know, be on your way, essentially. And then he also said follow up with a psychiatrist who I actually did follow up with at one point and tried to give me a bunch of more stuff like, you know, anti-anxiety, anti-depression. And I'm, I'm not, um, I'm not like, by the way, I'm not 100 percent against medication like that. I know a few people actually, friends of mine, really close friends of mine that take stuff and I got no problem with that. The The problem I have is the over prescribing of medication yeah. for people. Most people don't need medication. In my opinion, they don't need it. And the research actually shows that there's a lot of other healthy alternatives, even just talking about supplements for a second. You can take a number of supplements that do many of the exact same things without any of the side effects. Yeah. And they're infinitely more safe and they basically have the same type of effects. But I'm not anti-anxiety, anti-medication, uh, anti-depression type of pills, uh, type of guy. But like I said, I, I I think that you can do the natural approach and and conquer a lot of these issues without having to rely on those types of things. Yeah. And so my first instinct, having you know being 17 years old at the time and not knowing any better is to just simply say whatever this doctor says, like anybody else, you know, yeah. you listen to them. And the yeah. first thing they say is take this medication. So I went, got the thing filled, went home, took one of the thing, took one of the, uh, anxiety medications, uh, pills. And then as it turns out, my father, who was kind of out of the loop at first about what had happened, cause I just told my mother and my grandmother and stuff, he just found the bottle and he was, you know, he sat me down later on. I went to sleep and stuff. When I woke up, he sat me down and was like, you know, you gotta, this isn't the solution. I don't know what is, but at right now, but you got to figure out a different way to, to beat this because he had some friends and stuff and they took medications and it didn't go well for them at all. And he, so he was very anti anxiety medication. He was very anti prescription. Um, that was really a blessing in disguise too, because at the time I was like, I wanted just any solution. I wanted that magic bullet cure for whatever the hell it is I was facing. And the doctors, as much as he didn't care, as much as he was, like compassionless. Yeah. He did offer me a solution and I just wanted to jump into it and, and start taking it. But sure. I listened to my father, you know, 
thankfully, and I, I decided that I wasn't going to go down that route. I was going to do whatever it took to figure out another way around it. And so that was really the gist of me deciding that I was going to start researching this and figuring it out on my own. So my father didn't actually like support me and like tell me to do this and do that and do that. He wasn't there for all that stuff, but honestly, I didn't need him to be there for that. All I needed him to be there for was to tell me, don't do this other thing because that's not the right solution. You got to figure out the right solution on your own. And that was all I needed to go out and do whatever I had to do to figure that solution out. It's pretty wild to me as a 17 year old that you have, I mean, that's a seriously mature response. And I mean, mature, like, I don't know, 40 year olds who would necessarily come to that, like that self-empowered, clear kind of answer. And yeah, maybe your dad gave you the pause to find it. But again, like 17 years old, that's, that's pretty amazing. I, I mean, I know you were struggling for a few years before this, but like, were you generally kind of a self-starter, you know, confident kid? Yeah. I think that's something I kind of always had in me. And the, yeah. the years before that, I was actually boxing all the time. And I think that's okay. kind of, that's kind of where some of like that resolve came from. It yeah, was like, you face it. Yeah, you're going in a ring with someone and you know, you're you're facing that person down, getting your head punched in, you're punching them back. As much as that did a lot of bad things as far yeah. as like, you know, brain chemistry and stuff yeah. like that, uh, you know, it it taught me a lot of things like mental toughness and just fight, keep fighting. I think he even mentioned that. He says, you know, like you're a fighter. This is what you do. He probably even he probably even reminded me of that fact. And it was like, you know what? You're right. I have been doing this kind of thing already. And this is just kind of like a progression of what I've already been facing. Yeah. Wow. So, so what are, what are the, uh, the kinds of things that were really transformative for you then as you went down this path? So there's a number of things. And I mentioned this in the book There's like every chapter has a new, uh, technique or at least a, a standout technique for you to use. But some of the biggest things were like living in the present moment, getting comfortable with what's in front of you right now. And so all anxiety really is for anyone who's ever faced it or anyone who has it now, all it really is, is a manifestation in your mind of something bad happening in the future. It's mm -hmm. you literally projecting yourself into the future and having a reality, not of what's really happening right now in this moment, but of what you think could potentially happen at a future later date. That's really all it is. It's it's you lingering in a different moment and not being present. But when you can be present and actually just think of what's going on right now or enjoy the moment or, you know, you're spending time with friends or family or someone who's really interesting or a girlfriend or a spouse and someone who excites you or you're doing fun, passionate things or you're living more aligned with your purpose and yeah. what you really want in life. When you're doing all those types of things, you're in the present moment. You actually anxiety can't exist when you're doing those types of things and you're actually being you're being present in the now because again it only exists when you're not being present in the now and you're thinking about things in the future so the easiest way or one of the biggest things that really worked for me right away was understanding that concept of just mm -hmm. being more grounded in what's happening right now and just letting go like we talked about this before on my show too it's like it's almost like a surrender to to life. You're surrendering, not in a passive, like weak way, but actually in an empowering way, mm. understanding that you can't control everything, but you'll control what's in front of you right now. And by, by controlling and living in that and accepting that you're like fully happy and fully aware of, of what's happening. And again, the anxiety just kind of disappears when you're in those moments. I, yeah. When you said that, uh, when we were talking earlier, that, that really resonated with me. Cause I do think 
we we either fight it or we just try to like hide it inside. It just doesn't work that way because it's like there's a there's a part of our brain that is keying in on something that it's worried about and it's trying to protect us. And if you just try to silence that, you're actually just going to make it work harder because now it's afraid. Because it's like, hey, I warned you about something. You're telling me to just go away. You're not listening. I got to make a bigger noise now for you to get that, like, your life's in danger or your job or your whatever. It, you can't just silence it. So I, I love when you were like, you got to face it but not fight it. Let, yeah. it. let it stand for a minute and then allow yourself to come back to center and be like, you know, I was saying before, it's like, I got this. Like, I hear you. I've got it. Yeah. No, it's it's so true man and it's funny the more that you fight anxiety the more it, it the more power you actually give it and yeah there's a time where there's a time where you actually can fight anxiety which, I, which is another kind of thing i talk about in the in the book and it's actually one of the best ways to overcome panic attacks but you don't always actually have to fight anxiety the some of the best ways of of beating anxiety is like i said just embracing it and just kind of observing it being non-reactive to it and just sort of letting it pass through you. Like we all f face shit throughout the day. We all have stress throughout the day. We all have crap pop up. We all have things that bring our day down. But it's a matter really of how you look at those things and how you approach what you're going to do after that that really defines whether it has effect over you or not. That's really well said. So mindfulness, presence, that's the when you had that realization that allowed you, and I, and I do think knowledge is power here is like understanding what anxiety is and what it isn't. And so you can live without it taken over. Um, I, I do think that's a really powerful first step. And then it's, it's techniques, right? So there's things that you start applying that allow you to move further and further away from being consumed by it. Yeah. You want to know another really easy, but like very profound technique yeah. And you just said to another great point, Brian, which is knowledge is power. One of the first things that was really giving me unbelievable anxiety, and I'm sure this is the case for many people out there, is thinking that you're going crazy or thinking that there's something wrong with you or thinking that you have like this uncurable disease and that you're going to forever be doomed. Like all those things pop up in your head when you first start getting anxiety or you have like this panic attack problem. The truth is so many people have some type of anxiety problem. Actually, about yeah. 18 or so percent of the population, American population, has some type of anxiety problem currently. It's a really common thing, and so many people have it that it's just like realizing the fact that you're very normal in the fact that you have anxiety. That is very empowering in and of itself. Yeah. But then like just going and talking to someone like – you can talk to a best friend or someone who's really close to you. If you're going to open up, like you're going to be able to open up with someone who's close to you like that, that works for sure. Journaling's great as well. But honestly, going to a therapist and just talking about some of your shit is one of the best ways to get over it. It unpacks it in different ways. It gives you a different perspective. It helps you see. It's almost like shining a light in the dark. Like you have a like a bunch of targets out there, but it's it's the middle of the night. It's pitch black. You can't see anything. But when you have a therapist who's who's opening who you're opening up to and who's giving you a different perspective it's almost like they're helping you shine a flashlight on your problems and actually seeing some of the areas that are causing you these anxieties and once you at least know what they are then you can go about fixing them because most times people just have no idea what's even causing them anxiety or they never really realize the the source of their anxiety so how can they ever get past it if they don't fi figure out like what the problem is yeah no i think that's 
really a really important message for a lot of people. And, you know, luckily there's less, less embarrassment, less stigma around going to talk to someone today than there was, you know, X years ago, but, yeah, but there still is, and there still is a feeling, especially among certain people or certain groups of people that like, oh, you're weak if you go and talk to someone. And I mean, it, it couldn't be further from the truth. It's actually a much stronger thing if you are, you know, having that self-awareness and the self-compassion and also the bravery the courage to go and open up like that. Like that's not a, that's not a sign of weakness. Weakness is succumbing to it and giving your, your ability to have a better life up. Yeah. Yeah. I just had a friend pass away, uh, about a month ago oh. and he, uh, he became addicted to drugs over the years and you know, he had all these problems, but the thing with him is he was always a good kid. He was always a good guy. He just never, he never wanted to face any of his problems. He never wanted to talk about his problems. He was always like, I hate to say it, but he was always like too cool to go and see somebody and, yeah. and get help because he was one of those guys that was like, you know, he was better than it. He was like, oh, that's for other people. But the the reality of the situation is, and you know, God's honest truth, if he just went and had help and he had, he saw a therapist once a week and he did it for like a year, he would be alive today. That's a fact. Yeah. He would definitely be alive today. But yeah. it, it's a shame that so many guys live with that belief. Like, you know, I'm too cool for that. That's for, you know, stupid people. That's for people that are really crazy. That's for, you know, losers. And it's like, that couldn't be further from the truth. You're yeah. a loser. Honestly, if you, if you think that way and you put other people down for, for doing that type of thing, but if you go and seek help and actually try to get those answers and try to figure out your problems in, in your life, you're the furthest thing from a loser. You're, you're a winner. There's literally nothing wrong with you at all. You're yeah. just doing the right things in your life to, to get help and to be a better man yeah. or woman. Yeah. And there's a lot of different kinds of people you can turn to. Like, even you said, you know, just talking to your friend, like that, that's not good enough for, you know, that, that doesn't count as therapy, but it does count for something and it yeah. is a start. And, you know, you mentioned all the kinds of people you have in your show, like life coaches, you know, that's another place to turn that maybe is as one step or a first step. Uh, it doesn't have to be a psychiatrist or psychologist. It can be a licensed social worker, um, you know, or, or a professional counselor, counselor, an LPC. There's there's lots of different types of people you can turn to, different types of modalities, and it's not like they're going to sit there and analyze you and prescribe a drug or tell you you're crazy or you know, like there's just there's a lot of different ways that it can go down, and that also may mean you might want to try different people. You know, if you if you go see someone and it's not clicking, that's okay. There's, you know, probably another 80 people in your general vicinity that you could go see that are different types of people you can talk to. You're not stuck with the one person you went to. Like, find someone who you click with because you want to open up to them and you want to feel comfortable doing that. Yeah, that's so true. I've probably seen about four or five different therapists over my time. And, you know, it really only... I, I've seen this lady now who I still see, by the way, like once every few months, she's actually become a pretty good friend to me over the years. Mm. And, uh, you know, I, I just, I have a lot of love and respect for this woman. She's helped me through a lot of shit. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, it took me a number of people though, before I got to her and yeah. some of the other ones were okay. And then there was one, like I really didn't like, but most of them were okay, but it's, it's going to take you probably a few tries before you find someone that you really connect with. But I'm telling you, a therapist is worth their weight in gold, man. They they really are, can be a game changer when you do connect with somebody like that. Yeah. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree with you. 
or not even just a therapist, like you said, a life coach. I mean, anything, man, like yeah. someone who's going to literally sit there and give you a different perspective and you can open up to, it doesn't matter what their, you know, license is or profession technically is. If it's someone who's going to allow you those types of things, it's going to work. Yeah. Yeah. So you talk to someone, you have the presence of mind. How do you get from there to elite man? Like when does it when does it dawn on you that like you're now in a different place and you want to inspire other people and give them some of the knowledge that you've gotten through? Like you really did build this up through your journey. You didn't just wake up and you're like, how can I sell something to guys? That's not what this was at all. I mean, hearing yeah. the story is like, like I've just lived through a lot of shit, and I'm I'm wiser for it, and I don't want other people to have to go through that. Yeah. I mean, dude, there was a lot of stuff that I did. And, uh, so that was what we talked about was mostly the anxiety stuff. There was a whole yeah. thing on depression of like, it, it just, some of the quick things on depression, it was like uh, getting obviously better sleep, working out, exercising, all those things. There's studies, there's multiple studies out there that say working out can be just as effective as uh, anti-depression yeah. medication, if not more effective, uh, antidepressant diet. There's a chapter about that, like eating the right foods yeah. and you know all about that, Brian, yeah. the power of community, like surrounding yourself with other people, connecting with other people, socializing, yeah. getting out of the house, getting out of your head, having a purpose, having a reason to wake out of bed, uh, uh, wake up out of bed every morning. So most people that are depressed, they don't even, they don't even have a real reason to, to get up out of bed. That's why they're depressed. They don't have anything that's pushing them or driving them, or fueling them as human beings. We need something to really push us. And so if you don't have that, you're lacking a, a real key ingredient for, for, for mental ha uh, happiness and clarity. And yeah. so, getting those types of things down. I mean, it's a complete game changer as far as your mental health. But after I figured out the anxiety and depression, it was more, like I mentioned before, it was like, I want to start doing things that like, I really want to do that, like push me and fuel me and, and, you know, get me excited about every morning. Like I jump out of bed every morning because I'm excited about the stuff I'm doing today. Yeah. And so like that, that was, the, that's really the last part of the book is the confidence aspect of having this unbelievable belief in yourself, this self-esteem, this belief, this confidence in yourself to be able to do whatever the things are that you want to do in your life and living that sort of elite life that I talk about all the time and like just pushing yourself out of your comfort zone, shattering your comfort zone, uh, boosting up your self-image, doing things that like scare the hell out of you, all those types of things that you might have feared for a number of yeah. years that you kind of held back on doing, start doing those types of things in your life and you're going to just see what's really possible in your life and all these barriers that you've had around you your entire life they just start to crumble and you almost become like a new person like an evolved person when you do these things that you never thought you could even do and and I'm telling you if you think that you can if there's even a small chance that there's something like pushing you to do something go out and do it today because you're going to realize you should have been doing it a, a long time ago it, it's going to change your outlook on life yeah i mean i think you know i fully endorse that um <laughs> And there's, there's probably like, there's gotta be things that you wouldn't even consider doing because they seem so ridiculous. Like listen to that little voice in you that's even talking about it in the first place. Like maybe it's not as ridiculous as you think and think about how you feel after you achieve it. Yeah. I remember I, I took a dance class too. And, you know, this is like a few years before I was going through all the depression and stuff. I'm like, what the hell am I doing here? I was si sitting in the, the first day of class and there's like all these women around. I was basically the only guy in there. I mean, there was this other kid uh, who came like half the time, but you know, he didn't know how to dance. He didn't know how to dance and I didn't know how to dance. And 
we didn't really, you know, hang around much. It was just mostly about dancing and hanging around with some of the girls. But mm-hmm. <laughs> I remember being in there and it was just like 30 girls in there and they're all good at dancing. They all know how to do it. And I'm the only guy in there who's never had any type of dance lessons or training in the past. And I'm a horrible dancer. But every single class I went to it, man, after the end of the class, I felt like a new man. It was like yeah. the happiest I could be. And it was like I was doing something that I I didn't even know that I could do. But yeah. when I finished it, I was amazed at the fact that I was able to finish it and just felt incredible. It was like the best exercise feeling you could have, like all the endorphins and all that crap. That's yeah. basically the type of feeling. Oh, that's awesome. Um, what's What's like the most extreme thing? I mean, some people might argue that the dancing was pretty extreme. Depends how good or bad of a dancer maybe you are, but um, what's one of the things that's like it was so so over the top you were surprised you did it or you'd look back and you're like, remember that time I did that? That was crazy. Uh, there's probably, there's honestly a ton of those things. Yeah. Um, but, but there's, a, I mean, like, say like going up to the most beautiful woman in like a, a nightclub or something and like going up and talking to her and getting her number is is like lame as that sounds or cheesy as that may sound when you're like 21 years old and you know, the past five years or whatever, you've had no girlfriends and you you had no experience with like women. And, but now you have this confidence and you go up and you can just approach the most beautiful, attractive woman in, in the whole place and, you know, actually be successful in doing it. It's pretty impressive. Most guys even today wouldn't be able to do something like that, but it's like, it just all comes from your belief in yourself. It's not like anything really changed. My looks yeah. didn't really change in those couple of years, you know, but, but it was the belief in myself that changed. And, you know, that's one of the things. Another thing is, is riding, um, roller coasters. I actually love roller coasters now. I used to hate them. And every single time I'd ever get on them before I would throw up violently and all over myself and all wow. over everybody else around me. It was a mess. So I, thank, I avoided thank you them. for that. <laughs> that's a great image for, for many years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah thanks. <laughs> I avoided them for many years. Um, but then I just decided that one day, I, you know, I was going to get over my fear and I was going to stop um, being so afraid of them. And I, I changed my whole approach to them instead of like cowering and hiding, you know, just waiting for the ride to end. And by the way, this was the biggest one. You ever heard of the uh, Bizarro one in Six Flags up in uh, Agawam? Yeah, it's back to being called Superman. Yeah, they, I know they yeah, changed yeah. the name. It was a yeah. few years ago. It was uh, Bizarro. Yeah. But uh, I rode that one and I was on with my buddy and. You know, and again, instead of like cowering and just waiting for the thing to end so I could, you know, throw up and be done with it all, it was like, I'm going to embrace this. And I just started like putting my hands up and yelling and like doing what he was doing because he's a daredevil yeah. naturally. Um, but in that moment, in like that 90 seconds of riding that roller coaster, I completely flipped the script on my perspective on anxiety and my fears yeah. and went from completely being afraid of it to actually loving it. And we ended up going later that day, we had gone on all the roller coasters there, like five or six times, the upside down ones, the mind eraser ones and all those crazy ones. Um, and ever since that day, I loved roller coasters, but it was all because I was able to embrace my fears and, um, just change my perspective on going with it as opposed to like we mentioned in the beginning, fighting it or trying to like hide from it. Yeah. Justin, I got asked, did you go on Goliath towers? I don't remember that that one. Which one, what is it like? It's uh, I think it's a dangler, but you go up these towers at the end and it just holds you facing the ground, like (laughs) a hundred and something feet up in the air. Oh man. Um, I think I missed that one or it wasn't there when I went. It's probably for the best. I, I, I haven't done it. Um, I it's don't not think like a tower will. of terror thing, is no, it? Like it's drop? It's no, it's not. No, it's a it's a full roller coaster, but it 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 goes out and back. So it goes out, ends up at one of these towers, 
and you're just kind of suspended there. And then it does the same thing and goes back to the other tower and does the same thing to you. That um, sounds nutty. Yeah. But but Superman or Bizarro is <laughs> an amazing ride. And for people who don't know it, and you may not know this because I wrote it the year it opened back in the 90s. Yeah. It was the fastest, tallest tower, uh, tallest coaster in the world. Yeah, at um, the so time, it's, right? it's pretty legit. Um, yeah. It goes super high up and then it that's not good enough. So it goes underground. Like when it drops, it keeps going underground. Oh, um, yeah. So this, yeah. So he's he's not. There's no kitty coaster that this guy's talking about right now. If you don't know yeah. it, it's a it's a legitimate. <laughs> it's been ranked one of the top ten coasters in the world multiple times. Yeah, it's uh, funny you say that too because he was kind of like daring me to go on it, and uh, I'm like, yeah, I'll go on and like trying to be cool, and then he's like, well, not actually not on that at first. He's like, oh, let's go on just one roller coaster yeah. here, and I'm like looking around. I'm like, oh, you know, how about that little uh, kitty one over there? It doesn't look too bad. Like kind of <laughs> joking, but actually being like really serious. I wanted to go yeah. on the small one. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> Um, but, yeah, my son, uh, every time we go, he's like, I'm going to do it this time. And then he, he's not so sure. Um, and he doesn't do it, but I'm, I'm like, no, you can do it. And part of me is a little bit like, yeah, I'm like twice as old as the last time I wrote it. So maybe I'm just, I'm good. <laughs> I got, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm a little bit glad that he is, he's not quite up to riding it yet, but yeah. I think next time I'm, I'm going to be riding it again. <laughs> um, so yeah, this turned into a roller coaster review podcast. So it's a whole yeah. other, it's a whole other thing. <laughs> um, anyway, so back to, I just, uh, I, I do want to give some more clarity on the book and what the intention is of it. Um, so what is, what is the purpose in writing the book? Cause that's the most recent project that you're just putting out. Um, yeah, give us, yeah. give us the lowdown. Why the book? What's it about? What are you hoping to achieve with it? So the book is called Elite Mind and it's basically for anyone who has any anxiety, depression, or mental health problems, but it's also for people who want to take their mindset to the next level. And like we just kind of touched upon right now is, is having a different perspective on life and taking, taking your life to the next level, like doing the things that you want to do every day, not just living passively from the sidelines and, and watching your life go by and, you know, sort of being one of the sheep that gets stuck up with the, with the rest of the crowd you want to stand out or you want to actually participate. You want to be part of the game and make things happen. And there's really only one way to do that. It's by having the self-belief in yourself that you can do that. And so you start taking chances in your life. You start doing crazy things. You start stepping out of your comfort zone, which has been comfortable for you for many years, but hasn't really led to anything aside from mediocrity. You don't want mediocrity in your life. You want greatness. You want to be great. You want to do great things. You want to have a great life and have great things in your life. And to do those things, you really have to have what I call an elite mind. It's not an elitism mind, but an elite mind of, of having the best mind, the best possible mind to mm. go out and take on things that life has to offer and, and do things that you really want to do. And of course, obviously getting over, which is like the first part, which is getting over that crap, like the anxieties and depressions and struggles of life. But then once you get over that stuff, you can get over it for the rest of your life. And you kind of equip with that, uh, what would you call it? Like, like like weapon the the ability yeah. to overcome anything that comes your way yeah no i love that and and you were saying like the structure of the book is here's all these tools so it it is a you do get over it permanently because even if it flares up again you now know what to do with it and so it doesn't have the same control and power over you yeah absolutely that's that's awesome as someone who you know has an anxiety background as well um I always jokingly, I'm like, oh, I was the fat kid. But the reality is that's just a byproduct. I was the anxious kid. Yeah. Um, and then adult. 
um, I really appreciate what you put together in this book and, and frankly, like the honesty with which you talk about your own experience and the struggles that you went through to get yourself to this place where not only are you on the other side of it, but you've learned so much that you're now able to share with people, which, I mean, that's like going back to your point about that, that laced, uh, that lace pot, like, you know, being terrible and being, you know, one of the greatest things that's ever happened to you. Like none of this knowledge would be here if not for that. And I appreciate you recognizing the gift you were given in that and doing something with it. Yeah. Thanks, man. I do. I appreciate that as well. Justin, where can people find out more about the elite man, get the, you know, the book, the podcast, all that, and, and stay up on what you were doing. Yeah. I appreciate it. Uh, if you guys want to go to, um, iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcast, Elite Man Podcast, it'll pop right up. And then the uh, the book is EliteMindBook.com. So just type that in as well, EliteMindBook.com. It'll take you probably right to the Amazon page where you can order it. And then uh, just follow me on, on social media as well. I'm just at Justin Stenstrom on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all those ones, even though Twitter's not really as active these days. I'm not as active on that as uh, these days as usual as I was before, but uh, Facebook and, and Instagram, super active on that. So yeah, catch me on there. Awesome. And of course, I will link to all that and provide a direct link to the book so people can pick it up. It's the one with the pink brain on the cover. So it's <laughs> easy to spot. Um, and a little picture of you, but predominantly yeah. pink brain. Um, <laughs> Just, I'm really glad we got to we got to record this. I think I feel like there was a point where I was in some random hotel in New York where we were catching up and we talked about having you on the show and then just both of us got busy and failed. Yeah. Um, and uh, <laughs> but we but we were talking in the last podcast about not being a failure. So we were not failures. We came back together and we made it happen. Um, it was awesome. It was really it was really good to get your story and. Um, and I know there's a number of people who listen to the show that will benefit from that. So thank you for being so open and for sharing so much. Yeah. Thanks so much, Brian. I really appreciate it, man. Are you ready to help me close the show out? Yes, sir. Let's do it. All right, man. Today is a new day. Go out and do it. Awesome. Thanks so much, Justin. Thanks, man. I really appreciate it. How inspiring, confidence building, clear was that? And I think... It's a good one because he's different from a lot of what you might hear in the show. And I think that's kind of the point of the show is we have to hear from people with different perspectives, different experiences and different styles because we never know what's going to resonate with us. And if one person doesn't, maybe someone else will. I think that's really crucial. And Justin brings about, about as real of an approach and as real of a storytelling as you're going to get from anybody. So it's awesome. I'm so thankful, not just that he came on the show, but that he's willing to talk his truth and share what he's been through because it matters. And a lot of us are in the same spot. And I know for myself, reading through his book, there's definitely things that I've picked up, even though I've been on my own anxiety battling journey for a while. And, you know, I think I have some things that work for me. Either he talks about them in a different way that helps bring even more clarity, or he introduced me to a few things that I wasn't aware about. Or maybe I didn't understand the mechanism uh, through which it was working. And it's valuable. So definitely check out Justin. Check out the book. Uh, I'll link to all that in the show notes. You can get that here on the Do A Day podcast webpage or through whatever you know, whatever channel you're listening to your podcast on. You can, uh, you can certainly pick up 
the links there too. They'll all be in the show notes and you can follow Justin too. Really easy to find on all social media, um, including the YouTube channel where he puts out some pretty cool content. And you should also follow me. I keep putting out pretty cool content as well, I will say. Um, I'm just at Brian Falchuk on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook, on, I guess, LinkedIn as well. Yeah, kind of anywhere. And of course, if you subscribe to this show, you'll never miss anything because you will always get the latest, greatest, amazingest, yeah, that's that's not a word, um, most amazing guest delivered to your podcast listening inbox, whatever app or you know however you take them in every single week automatically through the power of the internets. Pretty awesome. Okay, I'm going to leave it there. Check out Justin's book. Check out my books while you're at it. Follow both of us. And remember, confidently go out and do it. Thanks, everyone.